LPP Base Camp, a place where friends hang out and talk about our hobbies in everyday life. We will be talking about everything from kayaking to cabin cleaning. We here at Base Camp hope you stick around and enjoy the show. Little Pigeon Pirates is a local kayaking group that's based in East Tennessee. We focus on bringing the community together to enjoy local waterways and keep them clean. Hey everybody, this is Justin from the Little Pigeon Pirates, and you are listening to the LPP Basecamp Podcast. Due to the We Lost Track of Time, this episode will be a two-part episode. So thank you for joining us. Here's part one. Hello and welcome to LPP Base Camp, episode three. I'm Paco and I got the three of the OGs with me, Jerome, Garrett, and B. Watt. Guys, what's hey, up? What's going on? Hey, So, did you just have a good New Year's? Absolutely. Pretty good. B. Watt? No. No. Okay. <laughs> we'll, I went, we went to go, Miami. We won't go. Well, we know you did. You yeah. went to the. I had Mexican food and a nap. Orange Bowl. That was great. Tennessee football. Let's go. All right, so uh, we want to get the Buffalo River out. I didn't go with you, so uh, what all consists of getting the Buffalo River trip started? Well, it all kind of, like I said said before, you know, it all started um, from a YouTube video. The Pete Brannigan, I think is his name. And he don't make videos anymore, but that video just kind of hooked me. And from there... You know, when uh, we started talking about doing a trip, a river trip, camping trip, me and Garrett, B. Watt, and, uh, you know, we started planning for the Buffalo in February. I mean, I'm planning now for the February trip, doing some research on shuttles and things, because we're going to do a different part of the river this year. But um, it all just kind of come down to... <laughs> What was it you said? Be what scrambling to get oh, our absolutely. get our shit together. <laughs> For the first one, absolutely. It's uh, more of like you know what we ought to do one day, not like then you know about a month out. It's like well, it's on. This is booked. Like if you ain't got it, you better get it. Yeah, and then uh, Garrett was just kind of—he's a little wishy-washy there. And then he had a buddy. They were talking at school, and he said. What are you going to do on spring break? He said, oh, I'm going to the Buffalo. Gary said, really? Me too. And then he got all excited. He was all in then. Yeah, I was, uh, I talk loud enough to be what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was um, excited to go on a trip, but I guess wasn't really sure how I was going to do it because I definitely didn't have all the stuff. And it was weighing on me like, dang, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Um, just kind of started getting everything together. And then McKinley uh, was the like we're we're gonna go to buffalo and do that trip we've been talking about doing that we should do it together and i was like well dang there's another person that's counting on me to go yeah and uh let's freaking do it <laughs> day one uh i'm gonna skip ahead just a little bit but uh day one uh, we're sitting in camp and garrett goes man this is awesome i ain't never done anything like this before and i said what do you mean you've never done anything oh i've never primitive camped <laughs> <laughs> 
he uh, I was like, oh man, what have I got myself into? Because be what that previous experiences camping in the woods and, and uh, Caleb's followed me around everywhere I've ever went, you know. But now you'd never know it, would you? Shout out Troop 110, by the way. Troop 110. So, uh, go back a little bit, back to where we started. Everybody was discussing who was all going. I know I went on a trip against before, and I know you cap out at an amount. So, how do you decide on where you cap out on the amount of people that goes? Well, uh, it's kind of limited space. It's not so much as limited space. It's because, I mean, you got the whole river. But if you're traveling in a group like that, you've got to be selective about campsites and, you know, who's hanging hammocks and, and uh, who's in tents. First year, me and Caleb was in hammocks and everybody else was in tents, so you didn't have to find but four good trees or even three good trees. But uh, this previous, this last year, the current, everybody, <laughs> except for two, I think six out of eight. And now whenever... Run into a problem too when you know you've got a split group. Some are in a hammock, some are in a tent. You could throw a tent about anywhere. You go, but a hammock, yeah, you got to be a little more selective when you got a group of hammock campers opposed to a tent camper for sure. Uh, and like we said, on the current, we had eight people, and on the buffalo, we had seven. Uh, that's about our max, really. That's that's about as many people can go on a big trip like this because of selectivity of campsites. Unless you, like, really have, like, two people tent camping in one tent, like a third couple or something maybe, um, that could work out. Like Madeline and uh, McKinley, they yeah. were camping in one tent. It really knocked down on space. The space, yeah. So we had four tent campers and opposed yeah. to five. And so right. really only six people were having the fun spots sleep at yeah and one of the other things is uh, <coughs> uh your shuttles first year we went to ponca found an outfitter and they shuttle your car to your takeout point and i think it was 120 dollars per vehicle this year it's going to be 200 per vehicle because we're going to a different location and it's because that place is <laughs> it's remote there's not a whole lot of roads to get from point a to point b and you've got to drive you know, an hour north to get two hours south. Finding campsites to accommodate your your full group, but that you know, and, and getting everybody out there. You know, it's a twelve hour drive. To, um, who who rode with you, Jerome? First year, Caleb. It was me and Caleb, and we just hauled the boats on top of the Forerunner, and then you and Bewa. Mine and Bewa's <laughs> kayak situation on my Subaru. Even Sevierville, Tennessee, going to northern. Northwest Arkansas at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I had to go to Easter Church for my parents, and my parents didn't even go. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my grandfather were the only ones that showed up for Easter dinner, or Easter Sunday that morning. Um, so that, I was really pleased about that. I, I like going to church with my papa, but church so my parents would be appeased, and they didn't even go. <laughs> but our, our kayak situation there, be what, how we loaded them suckers up. Oh, God. We had my 12-foot green of sand and be what's purple? Purple. Old faithful. 10-footer. Yep. D10. And that D10 was stacked <laughs> on top a, of my green one. Did you have a lot of humming going on? Uh, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and his, <clears throat> so those were on top of a Subaru Forester. Factory roof rack, too. <laughs> what was the, didn't we cut the bolts on your mounts? So it wouldn't smash, so they wouldn't my, smash your window my, in your sunroof. sunroof. Oh, that was that was interesting. And you know, whenever you go on, whenever we go on our little little trips around here, we're traveling maybe to Knoxville. We're only putting two straps on top of those cars, right? We're only going over top of the front and the back. That's it. But by gosh, whenever we go in six hundred miles to Arkansas, we tied tied down to the back of the car, about and the front of the car. Like about had, six on on yours and six on mine. We had to go six because we had to kick the strap. No, I think it was eight. I think it ended up being eight because we strapped be what's to mine and then to the car. So they were strapped just mine double to stack. The car. Yeah. yeah, they because my neither one of our kayaks would stand up on its side. So, Never really packed up my kayaks like that on top of my rack, but got you it. there, didn't it? Oh yeah, buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. Be what was about to go crazy. Now we don't. What have do we to have do to that. listen to? Be what? What do we have to listen to on the way over there? What what we listen to? Oh, serial killer podcast. Yes. Kind of and we had to, that sucker turned up as loud as we could because he was. <laughs> <laughs> a little humming. We got a trailer now, so we don't have that. It'll carry eight kayaks. So I think you stop we called. We hauled everybody. You can't touch a, a strap without saying that. That's that's man thing. I can't touch a strap without getting on the t- back tire. <laughs> also with the planning is how do you determine how many miles you do a day on what do you, well what do you, do? you, you want to take this one Garrett so we're doing a four day trip I figured you know we could do 38 miles a day not a big deal you know did the whole river um that's what I thought at first so I watched a YouTube video and these guys went after like a Semi flood and the water was moving like crazy. Eight they mile finished the, the water yeah. eight mile an hour. They finished the whole river in four days. And I was like, well, we could do that. And then I got thinking about it. I was like, Madeline's with her dad in a canoe. I don't know how they're going to do. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. And I don't even know about McKinley's kayak. And <sighs> we'll get to that later. Kayak. But so I ended up making the miles, 78 miles for the whole trip. You got to be vigilant about who your group is, too. We've never kayaked with Madeline, John, and McKinley. So, you got to know their level of confidence. How, how many miles did you get in one day? First day, day one. How many miles did you put in? I think eleven. Eleven miles. Yeah. I think is what it was. And uh, what was the, the goal water, per day? We on the water at ten thirty in the morning. Yeah, the goal was twenty a day, and uh, first day we did ten. And I had a little conversation with Garrett. I said. Yeah. Oh, Jerome was worried for sure. I was like, boys, we ain't going to make it. We ain't going to make it by Friday, 10 miles a day. narrative day one. Man, we ain't going to make it. I just, I just kept mumbling to himself. Just please make it. And uh, but everybody picked up the pace, and everybody did good. We did push hard one day. We did 24 miles. Seven. I think. 27 Seven. miles. Yeah. 27 miles one day. That was, God, it was rough. <laughs> and our knot's rest wasn't great either. Um. We'll get to, we'll get yeah. to that in a minute. Um, but it got better that last day. We were covering ten miles in about three hours. Yeah, that was Absolutely. the river moves. The farther down you go, the faster it moves. Of course, you get below some of those tributaries that are feeding it, and 
you know, you go from four mile an hour to six or eight mile an hour, you know, you can put some, you can put some river miles under you in a hurry. And B-Watt and, and uh, Caleb, they're always in the front. We're always playing catch up, trying to catch up to them. And now B-Watt, B-Watt's not big on the trip planning. He's like, just tell me when, tell me how much you're doing, we'll get there. A lot of up to me and Jerome, and that's that goes for both trips and this upcoming trip. We just had to kind of figure out how much are we able to do, how much of our group is going to be able to handle it. Like going on the trip this past year, a whole new different group of people. Some of us have never done long trips. You got to project to your uh, your crowd whenever you're planning those kinds of things. Yeah, we had four other people with us this year. Eric has been all over the country in a canoe, so didn't really worry about him. And uh, but you've got to really take in consideration your your when you're setting mileage. Is who's with you? You know, can they handle ten miles a day? Can they handle fifteen miles a day? Because we knew. Me, Jerome and I knew Jerome, myself, kayaking wise, we could do that many miles in a day. Like we knew we could do it. We knew B what could do it. We weren't, we weren't hundred percent sure about Caleb, for sure, doing that many miles in a day. And then we weren't, we had no clue on Madeline, John, and Matt, uh, McKinley. So definitely shortened the full river. <laughs> now was that the first time you was kayaked with those two? Uh, yeah. Yeah, with those three. All three. Of them, those yeah. three. Uh, McKinley works with me at the school and his girlfriend Madeline she's from Missouri they've been on the yeah she's been on before. the but yeah she, she grew up on the 11 point yeah um, so they busted our ass on that too. oh yeah they, they, they got going at some point sometimes it's bad yeah her and uh, John her and John could really when they when they needed to go they could go and her her dad still lives in Missouri they he drove down and met us and it was, you know, it was, it was good. It was, they were great company, for sure. And I'd go on a kayak and triple them again. Oh, yeah. For sure. But I'd definitely put McKinley in a better boat. <laughs> like I said. So, day one, was. we get there. I, I, I got there like midnight. And uh, I think you boys pulled in about 2 a.m. So, we get up the next morning, set up the outfitter. We're loading. We're getting ready to get on the boat on the river. And they've got a little place that they've made just for launching you know, customers and tourists. So we, we get over there, and you've got to kind of like paddle upstream just a little bit, and then you cut back down. There's like a, um, like a, a, it's like a tree that they've used, and they've put in there with rocks. Caleb is the last person in the water. Watched all those people take watched, the same line. Watched every one of us. Caleb paddled upstream, then cut back down river. What's Caleb do? He goes off the little berm and the little tree, and Pours out an entire cooler, all of his gear. <laughs> now, this was right at the start, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, so he had a, a bottle of bourbon, and uh, b had a special release pickle beer. It's gone. I'm going to talk about dejected right off the bat. <laughs> Man, I was just about to drink, but it worked out. Yeah, me and McKinley, we got, went before y'all. We were paddling together. We got around the bend, and it was just me and him. So he's... We pulled over and said, hey, let's wait on this. So he pulls out his pole. He's fishing a little bit. I think he might have even caught one. But then I see somebody come by that I know was behind us. I was like, hey, man, uh, y'all see somebody back? Yeah, there's people back there picking up all their stuff. I was like, yeah, that's us. <laughs> Spilled the cooler. Total that, yard sale right off That the was Caleb's first swim. First, 
Of many. Of many. He is the king. Heads up, boys. Hard crack coming. All right. So, uh, B1, I got a question for you. On the way to the Buffalo, there was a place on the way there. What was it called? Peppermint Hippo. What is the Peppermint Hippo? The Jiggle Shack on the side of I-40 that looked like a damn mirage. <laughs> Out of nowhere, this place appears, and it's just pink from head to toe. On glowing. Side. It was I'm glowing. I'm not even sure how you got to it, because there wasn't an exit between. I don't know. You know, it's on that frontage road thing, I guess everybody talks about. On you know, the frontage road. road. All right. I had to ask. I've heard about it. I just I had to ask. Hey well, me, apparently, uh, Garrett looked it up, and it's not what I thought it was. <laughs> All right. Back to the Buffalo trip planning. Um, so when you are planning this, why do you select the start and finish location? Well, of course, point of access is the biggest reason. But you got to have an outfitter. You could shuttle your own vehicles back and forth, but man, that's a lot of traveling when you come off the river. So if you do it yourself, you pretty much have to station. Stage one has to take out, right? Yeah. Somebody has to go back. Right. And it's uh, it's like a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour drive by highway just because of the roads and how you've got it. Like I said, you've got to drive. It's not like living in a city where you can go up a block and turn a block over and come back. It's... You've got to drive 10 miles north to go to get 10 miles west. You don't know those arcs. It's a slow going. Yeah. You're not cruising down the highway. So it's best to find an outfitter to, to shuttle everybody. Yeah, pick it's, that's a convenience thing. And uh, I think we all agree on that when we're planning. So when they shuttle, do they charge per boat or per vehicle? Or I know you said on the Buffalo, they will shuttle your vehicle. If you want to go downriver, there, there's a couple of outfitters. And like I said, you know, you, depending on where you're starting, there are several outfitters. You've got to pick one that, that will shuttle your vehicle if you're wanting to do a multi-day trip. Or, you know, a lot of them they'll have getting their boat. You paddle it down for the day and you get out wherever they're set up at and they'll bring you back to where you put in at. And I noticed whenever I was looking outfitters that they had set trips so there was some some of the outfitters that looked at they had like you could do this trip in three days and it's and it wasn't where we wanted to go like it go as far as we wanted to it didn't really take up all of our time um, they didn't they didn't really have some of the outfitters didn't really have like multi day trips plan your own um, but you had, so you had to search for that and you also get a lot of information from those outfitters whenever they shuttle your vehicle. To, I mean, just ask if you've got any questions. One of the questions we asked was bears. You know, did we have to worry about bears and out here? And they said, no, usually it's, uh, you know, you might see some hogs or something like that. But we've seen some wildlife, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, and another reason why we, so you're also talking about like, are you talking about location? like the river? Where you put in and take or off. Just, okay, just okay. where we put in. Start and finish. Uh, I was thinking the location, like. We, the reason why we picked the Buffalo again is, and the current, and going back to Buffalo, and small, also some other rivers that we have in our mind to go to, we consistently keep up with the River Kings on YouTube. So, when you did the Buffalo, what made you decide and choose Buffalo River? Uh, like I said, it was that video, and it was just some of the stuff that's on that river. So, the, the tallest waterfall 
I think it's east of the Rockies. One big son bitch. Anyway, it's 230. Anyway, it's a waterfall. Very cool. That you can hike to. It's on the, it's, you know, it was on our first day. I think it's, it might be five miles down the river. And if you're not paying attention, you will miss the sign because it's about the size of a license plate. Yeah. You were one of the first ones down to the sun, weren't you? No, I would have kept going right around the bend, like Jerome just said, if I had not seen people collecting over there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're the you're the yeah. first, you're one of the first ones down there. Um, so you stopped us. You're yeah, like, hey, he right here. Yeah. yeah, he helped us. Uh, 209. 209, 209 feet. So and uh, it's beautiful. It's what it's was gorgeous. The, what was the name of it? Hemmed in Hollow. Hemmed in Hollow. And it's about from the river. You walk back about a mile. Nothing strenuous. Um, Unless you're not from Tennessee, because there was other people that thought it was strenuous. <laughs> yeah, but we live in the Smokies, and uh, everything's uphill here. That was a walk down the mailbox. Wasn't it? <laughs> so it wasn't that bad. Your, no, it really wasn't bad. Your wasn't. driveway is probably as about as steep as it got. Madeline and her dad passed the sign. They had to paddle back up river. And it wasn't just flowing water. Like it, it was swift water. It was moving. Yeah, because it bend. comes around that bend, and it's moving creek. pretty decent. And it's then a, there's a creek that comes <laughs> out of him. Well, of course, you know, the, the falls feeds a creek that feeds the river. So Yeah. So they had to paddle back up quite a bit to get back around that bend and paddle over to Hemden Hollow. And it was, it was kind of funny because, like, uh, McKinley hiked back with us. He's like, I don't know where Madeline John are. I don't even see the canoe. And then we get back. He's like, uh, yeah. all right, guess I'm doing it again. I'm going back with Madeline and John. <laughs> He did walk it twice. Yeah, he walked it twice. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, other than the waterfall, what other attractions? Is... And that's a that's another big reason why we pick the mileage and parts of the trip that we want to take, where we want to take uh, put in and take out at, because of attractions on the river. I know that there, that there section cool of river, stuff. that section of river, you got Hemmed In Hollows, the, the first main attraction, and we went all the way to Gilbert, Arkansas. In that stretch of river, and I'm probably just the things that we saw. Hemmed in hollow, there's a bluff called Big Bluff. I mean, it's just these big 200 foot tall bluffs, and it's gorgeous. It's in a big old gorge. Uh, gray Rock, which is, you know, of course, named for the color. The Nars is uh, what they call it, and that's uh, the Narrows. Everybody calls it the Nars. Did you understand why they call it the Narrows? I was going to ask y'all. Y'all have to explain it because I was looking at it, and I'm like, it's, it's just a little skinny, thin footpath, footpath across the top I, well, of that ridge. That, so it is a yeah, so you can you can actually hike from mm -hmm. some road. Or it's at, uh, but it's, you can hike from the road to the Nars. And it's, you can hike all the way up across that well, footpath. Well, I know what y'all are talking about. I didn't know it was a footpath. But yeah, it's skinny. It would be a footpath for me. I'm <laughs> hands and knees. <laughs> yeah, it's skinnier than... Uh, some of that yeah, stuff, like the chimneys, you know, it's skinnier than the it's, chimneys. It's a lot like it. Yeah, it, it looks a lot like the chimneys. My favorite was uh, Skull Bluff. That was so Skull cool. Bluff. Yeah, that oh was, that's God. something you'll we've seen, and uh, you were able. Actually, it, it looks just like a skull in the it's, water. It looks like a skull coming out of the water, and it stops right about the nostril. And it's pretty awesome. We paddled through it. You can paddle your boat you, through. Actually, paddle yeah, through, through the, the eyes. Yeah. Yep. There actually had a sinus cavity back in there. And <laughs> you could crawl back up into the sinus cavity. It was really cool. It was spring, so, uh, you know, fortunately, Skull Bluff don't have allergies, so. 
Correct. Got the attractions and the locations. Yeah. What was your favorite attraction, be what? That would be mine. Skull, Skull Rock. Yeah, Skull other, Rock. O- other than or the Skull water Rock. itself. I, I think just seeing the humongous bluffs was my favorite yeah. thing. Um, just paddling in between all those, all the bluffs, and as you turn a corner in it, it might be another 200-foot bluff, but, God, it's a totally different side because of the way the sun's it's, hitting off of it, the way the water reflects off of it. You, uh, pictures it depends and, on what's going on beside it, like the how the rapids are rolling. And it's the rock formation. Oh, my God. It was, it was amazing. It was cool to see. It's pictures and water running off. Yeah, oh, it's yes. gorgeous water. Yeah, but, you can just hold your hand, cup your hand out. Drink I did a couple of times running through that moss. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's definitely an experience that uh, if if you're a, a kayaker and you want to go camp somewhere, that's a definitely put that at the top of your list. On our on our 27 mile day, I ran out of water and I was thirsty and I was like, I'm not stopping and filtering water. I'm not doing, and I, I made myself two now jeans every day. I had myself enough for the river, and I ran out of water that day because we were booking it. It was warm. My gosh, I still, like people was saying, there's this moss sitting there, and I was like, we ain't stopped for lunch. I ain't doing no water yet. I stuck my big Nalgene underneath that sucker and just held it under the moss. And made myself a water bottle. Drank it all the way down. Didn't get the shits or anything. It was great. <laughs> what was your favorite attraction, Jerome? I'm going with the Skull Bluff. Okay. That, that was probably, I probably took more pictures there than I did anywhere else on the river. Well, I did have another favorite attraction, but we'll get to that. I think that was around the same time frame, too. Same day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that first yeah. day? No, last. Oh. No, next to last. Day three. So, uh, let's go over a little bit of the campsite and setups. Well, like I said, you're looking for a site where you can set two hammocks and four tents. Was it four tents? Four so tents. basically, when you pick your campsite, you find out what people are sleeping with before you go. That way, yeah, you kind of. I mean, everybody that. talks about what they're going to have, so you kind of know what you're looking for, and you know it helps to have several sets of eyes looking because there was days where we stopped, you know, more than once trying to find a site. Day two was not two was rough yeah. finding a spot. Yeah. Expected some weather well, coming in, so we wanted to make sure we weren't. If we okay. got a flash flood or something, we weren't going to get ourselves trapped in. Backtrack a little bit to the planning, which I know for a fact Jerome watches the Weather Channel for where he's going for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so what? <laughs> I mean, Tory fan, are you? Uh, it's, it's so I watched. No, uh, <laughs> I watched. You know, no National Weather Service. I'm watching it now. We're not leaving until April 2nd. I think it was first week of April, but I, I'll watch it for a month, month and a half, and yes. look at predictions, past weather patterns, and I probably don't have to do that. And it's probably, you know, I'm probably just being a little more ner- nerdy than I mean, I anything, think it's a great idea doing all that. I mean, uh, we I were carry... looking at weather 60 days out. It wasn't, like, super accurate. But yeah, I mean, We were looking changed. at 60 days out, and then yeah. when it got to 45, and we're like, Damn, what's, what we got? And I carry a, uh, oh, I carry a scanner so that way I can, you know, keep up with the weather while we're on the river because there was some pretty good thunderstorms went across Arkansas. A couple of days were week. soggy, but they always ended beautiful. And I think maybe one day we ended on a real rain, you know, they had to set up in the rain. 
Temperature-wise, it was good. You know, the uh, it might have gotten the forties. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I don't think anybody got cold on that trip. No, not that trip. Um, and before we went out, there was people remember there was a huge flood in Arkansas, like three weeks before we went out. Yeah. So kind of like the same way with Missouri. Yeah. yeah, except whenever we went to Kern, it was like days. It was like three days before. <laughs> it, but it wasn't as big of a flood either. Like the one whenever we went to the Buffalo, like it was. It was significant. It was, well, it was taking down towns. Yeah, it was. It was, just, even, it was yeah, everywhere. As we were driving west, you yeah. see all those. Mississippi old, was up. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That thing was moving. The other Buffalo River was like at the bridge. The Buffalo in Tennessee, yeah. yeah. All those spillways along the highway were, and that and that had been two weeks. Like yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't right then. It was about two weeks. It had been, it been a wet spring, so we we tried to find, like I said, when we were setting up camp, I'd listen to the weather channel and or the you know the weather on the scanner, and you know, of course, you're hearing about the thunderstorm and us being unfamiliar with where we are exactly in Arkansas. You know, we just we just kept ourselves prepared all the time. Okay. Well, let's, uh, sorry, I backtracked. No, that's, no, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a great question. Fire away. Good so question. I know we're on campsites. I don't, I've heard stories. I don't know <laughs> what camp that it was. Let's hear about some of the camp stories. That's so you want to start on day one? Three. You want to start on day one? Start with day one. All right, day one. That's the night that you told me I've never primitive camp before. That was, what, did I tell you at nighttime or did I tell you in the morning? I think I told you in the morning. I think it was the next yeah, morning. Yeah. But still, yeah. that was campsite one. Yeah, campsite one. You're firing up your stove. You're like, all right, let me see. Yeah, yeah let's see, see what this thing does. Dude, what? Camp one. That was my, okay, that was, that you was had, my first You had camp. You had camp. You just yeah. never. Primitive. Yeah. Um, Camp one was gorgeous. It white, was a great. White sand beach. Great spot. Um, Beautiful bluff to look at the next morning. Garrett, you set your tent up. Set so you up could wake up and, up and wake look, up and look at, at it. Look at the bluff. And it was phenomenal. Apparently, Next. I was so wiped out that night that y'all put a tree down right behind my tent. I never even heard it fall. We did. I didn't yeah. wake it, up. McKinley took his little handsaw that he had. End up, I think it ended up breaking towards the end of the trip. Now, it was yours. I, I don't know. Yeah. Fold out so Yeah. But now... This wasn't a live tree. No, it was a dead tree. It was a dead tree. So I don't want anybody getting upset with us. That we were. Yeah. We don't cut down live trees. I promise. Savages. No. There's plenty of firewood on the river. Oh, and honestly, we thought there was going to be enough firewood on that spot, but it went away quickly. It looked like it was a lot, but it there was very minimal at that camp spot. It was not. It was not that great for firewood. So we had there was a couple. Falling down. And this early spring. So yeah. yeah, and it hadn't been pillaged yet. So. so we had to cut down this dead tree. That was sleeping right behind, probably 10 feet. Man, well, I don't think it was that far. Was it my, the head of my Yeah. Head? It was, I think it was, he, right was it, if, he was probably staked out in the root system. <laughs> and he was close. Came down right behind him. He was like, I don't oh. even think he realized me what's tent was right there behind Beside that yeah. stump. <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't hit me too, because it would have been a did it drop okay. like our <laughs> so did it drop like right beside your tent? It fell behind. No, it, like fell, behind. it, it was, fell away. Yeah, it, it fell yeah, away. It, it fell back no. towards like it ended up but the whole point was the next 
morning, you know, after that all day hiking, paddling, the whole shenanigans, not sleeping, working shit, to even start. Yeah, I, I had no idea it fell. I no clue. Like, and it was loud. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was loud. I heard it, and I was down closer to the river. Not to dwell on it, just saying. It was a little bit of. Slip right there. <clears throat> well, what I so, want to hear about. What? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's not two. The visitor. Not number two. So we get up, camp one. I pull up Garrett to the side, and I said, dude, we got to make our mileage. And we pushed all day, didn't we? Oh, yeah. End of the day comes around. We've got 27 miles in us. And day two was a little bit of a rough patch on the water. Century. Yeah. That was about the roughest water we've been in. Yeah. Yeah. And which is crazy because day one, we had like, what, seven flips? Mm. Seven yeah. flips, a two-mile. Well, McKinley had a four-mile hike because he went twice. So, yeah. And, you know, so, like, it, like, B-Walt was saying, like, it wasn't just because we were slow on the river. We had other things we wanted to do and right. see. Day one took up a lot of our time at Hemden Hall. We probably spent an hour yeah. and a half there, at least. And yes, then we uh, did have some flips and some stops, so it stood us up. But then day two, we were like, get her crap again. I spent a lot of my time on day two, in between groups. So I'd... Probably. Because I, I was in a position... Catch up with us and then go back. I was in a position where I didn't want to leave McKinley. Monitor only. And I didn't want to leave. ties to the other group was Gary. Yeah. So I was ties to both groups. I was, I was the one tied both groups together. So I felt obligated to kind of stay in the middle of both groups. So I spent most of my day alone. Yeah. And it was great. I just sat there and paddle, paddle, paddle. So we stopped, I don't know, three times that evening. It's getting dark. and uh, Looking for a camp. Looking for a campsite. Like I said, you know, you're trying to set up for tents and hammocks. And expecting a little and precipitation. In the we stopped, and everybody said, oh, yeah, this is a good one. And I, I told Caleb, I said, I'm not staying here. There's no place to hang a hammock. We went on down around the river. I'll tell you about that first spot. There was a ton of Widowmaker. And that's what scared me. Yeah. Honestly. Up there, though, it was on that higher ground where the tents were, which is what was bad. Yeah. And I was like, I don't like, I don't like these wood up there. It was just a bunch of dead wood, dead trees, and it didn't, it didn't feel right at all. I agree with Jerome on that one. It did not feel right. So we got, we get up going down the river a little bit. Me and Caleb pull up, and and uh, it's a little steep to get up to, but we walked up into the tree line, and it's this big, huge, flat area. And then it goes up, and there's like another little shelf that's not real steep, maybe 20 feet taller than where we was at, and it's another flat spot. I'm like, man, this is great. There's trees there where we can hang, plenty of tent sites. So we, we decided to stay there. Everybody's set up. We're hungry. We're tired. We just want to sit down and drink a beer and eat a little bite and get us some rest. We but, didn't just drink one that night. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, so there's, <laughs> so there's multiple interesting things happen on the second night. Oh, yeah. Just back up just a little bit. What's crazy is we found this awesome spot. It was a great spot. Yeah. and they, Here's what's crazy. Be what? Madeline, McKinley, and John. They had completely unloaded their kayaks. Everyone man. but me, Jerome, and Caleb had all of our stuff already unpacked. And Madeline and John had a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, and they had a canoe. It was crunch before. time. We were running out of daylight. Yeah. So out. they had it all going up there, and then we were like, we're not staying here. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't like it. We can either stay or we can go with them. 
Bewalt was already packing his stuff back up whenever we said we ain't staying, so he's going with us. And then oh, yeah. they like, hey. pack your bag and tell me where to be, boys. We get in the boat. We wait for maybe three minutes just to see what their idea is. And as soon as we saw Madeline start taking a bag back down the canoe, one of us will stand down here in the river and wait on you to get there so you know where we're at. And by the time that you guys got back to water, me and Caleb had already pulled over and found the yeah. spot, which was maybe 150 yards oh, down the river. nothing. Because you were going to paddle back up. Yeah, I was going to paddle back up and tell you all to come up. Because I said, I want to check out this next site down here, this next location, and see what it looks like. And I was going to paddle back up the river and get you guys. But it was on the opposite side. It was on the opposite side of the just river. Just about, yeah. Just when we first get to yards the site, down. there's some down posts, and it's got a couple strings of There was some barbed wire, wire we had to walk it through. It just looked like an old pasture that some hogs had <laughs> rutted around in or something. Because we noticed there was, it, we not thought they were like hog ruts. Yeah, yeah we thought not the, a lot of recent activity. It was like all oh, the hogs, you know, you know, razorbacks. That's whatever. what we were mostly worried about. We were worried about and the at razorbacks. this campsite. There's what would you say about twenty feet of rocky beach. Yeah, it was beautiful. You get into yeah. the campsite. Yeah, or more. Oh, yeah, yeah. from the river to the mm -hmm. to the edge. So we we made sure to not set up our tents, set up our hammocks in the trails because we thought. Hogs were going to be maybe coming through there. They Like we were saying with the outfitters, they tell you some stuff. They're like, normally, if you get a hog approach in your camp, they're normally just running through. They're not going to bother you unless you bother them. We'll get out of their way. If they come through here, they come through. No big deal. And we'll just sleep through it. come around the fire. No, and that, that's the thing. We did keep a fire that whole night. Most wild animals <laughs> and wildlife won't come around a fire. Yeah. yeah. Except for one specific animal. Menacing beast. What was it? It sure as hell wasn't a possum. I know that. <laughs> it wasn't making the noise that you think an animal this size would make if it was walking across a rocky beach. So, no. you know, like I said, you know, we all we're all tired. We just want to drink a beer, eat, eat or something, food. and then get some rest. It was, it was a long day. Which I had some Man. wonderful cream brulee that night, and it was delicious. It was pretty tasty. Yeah, it was. That tasty. was some good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like that was uh, yeah. backpacker. Pantry? Yes. Yes. Cream that was really good. Like, so, shout outs are unsolicited, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they're unsolicited. It's just the stuff we use. Go ahead, B. You were saying this animal. Well, we're sitting around on the the fire yeah. talking. Little and you can, fire, too. And Garrett keeps going, there's something on the riverbank. And I mean, it's just barely making any noise. It was like. Yeah, like, like a little squirrel scattering around. Yeah. Around. But it's like, hey, you think there's something down there. It's a raccoon or possum mm -hmm. or something like that. Did you ever see it? Oh, yeah. Did we see it? Oh. Did, Did we, we see it? it? Okay. <laughs> oh, we saw it. Well, at first, all we saw was this. Garrett shined his light, and these, these little eyes, they're, you know, they're like two inches apart. It's like, oh, shit, that's just a possum. And I sat back down. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I, I agree with you. And then all of a sudden, and then it moves. Dude just does it again. It moves, and I'm like, and when it moves, shot it over, and those eyes were about six inches apart. It was looking and, right at us. And be what was? What did you say? For a like, minute, I was like, is that a damn bear? And it's this big, huge black silhouette. And I'm thinking, and of course, we're from the Smokies, and the first thing that goes through my black mind, bear. oh shit, it's a bear. And Caleb had already gotten a hammock, oh. and I start screaming, and I won't <laughs> yeah, repeat what I said, but I was trying to get him out of his hammock. And he came back to us, and he stayed, John. No, he stayed in the damn thing. No, he got up when I was screaming, "Get out of the hammock! Uh, get out of the 
And uh, so he comes there. John and Madeline and McKinley are all up. They're up on the top They're part of the camp. Us. They're, they're all us. looking down. We all run to the top of the camp where they're at. I carry my hatchet in case I need to cut wood. And I always put it in my tent or next to my hammock if something happens. Oh, we prepared God. for hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> I had my knife. He's got his knife. And, and my hatchet. And my hatchet. And I'm sitting there like ready to freaking throw down. I just have to have a knife in my B-Watt's hand. B-Watt's got so a knife like, okay, in his hand. Up? And I'm standing there with a spork. <laughs> And we run up to the top, and we're like, if, if we're in a group, maybe we can maybe we can take this bear. <laughs> so, uh, somebody did have bear spray on it. What did you say whenever we saw those big old eyes, and we thought it was, thought it was a bear? John. Yeah, that's true. John finally figures out it's a bull. We'll he says, out. that's a bull. So, next thing you know, McKinley's down on the beach, and that, that bull, he's right by where our kayaks are. <laughs> But now he never bothered him. He never walked on him or anything like that. That's but, not uh, a thing we're afraid of. It's step on yeah. our boats. We're afraid he's going to walk through our boats up. and walk you know, back out into the river. Fifteen hundred pound bull. Yeah. Well, they were tied up, but I mean, if well, he'd we walked, had, no, just, we had him flipped over because we were. He steps on the rain, so if he would, yeah. he could have walked right through the hole. We had tethered them to some trees that were down there that way, in case the water did get up. Because, right. like I said, we were expecting some rain. So once we figured out it was bull, everybody kind of calmed down. Caleb was like, I'm going back to bed. So he goes to bed. Me and Garrett and, and B-Walt walk back down to the fire pit, and I'm like, Phew. I was going to bed, but I think I'm going to have a drink of beer. <laughs> I pulled an IPA as so, that I planned on it. So, uh, crank this one. It's ready to go. So It was very, it was a very nice bull. Yeah. We're sitting there, and everybody's just kind of like Chilling. trying to gather themselves, and nobody's talking. And then be what? What'd you say, Big One? I said, just a possum, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and then right about the time I say that, about four baby armadillo come around <laughs> yeah, we... shuffling through the leaves. And we're like, oh, hell, it's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> we thought the bull was back. Which I'd never seen an armadillo like live. So, the bull those, those were cool. And they didn't bother us. Like, they, the first no. time they came through, they were like yeah. skipping. They weren't They're even just walking. like a possum. Yeah, it's just yeah, a possum. But they like... carry disease. You know, so everybody, everybody goes to bed. Be what hits the tent. Gary hits the tent. I'm over in the hammock. The wind starts blowing that night. Yeah, the wind It, it blew. Up. It didn't really rain much, but got quite a bit of wind mm-hmm. that night. Seems like that's happened to us two years in a row. Yes. Be what I'm going to let you take this one because uh, you, you, were, <laughs> you were up close and personal to this part. Yeah, mine and Gary's tents were almost side by side. We're close. And, yeah, yeah, we had the only two tents down there. Yeah. And I did have a scat pile by my tent, so I know that that bull walked through there at one point, and I pointed it out to Gary. But <laughs> at this point, he's kind of settled down. He was in his own little pasture. Everybody's pretty much on their way to dozing off or getting there anyway, and then wind starts blowing and it's blowing on the back of my head too but i guess garrett had fell asleep before i did i did i was still kind of awake and uh, realized what was happening but to garrett he didn't know all he felt was pressure on the back of his head he starts screaming the bull's sitting on me (laughs) no dude the wind it's just your tent you're like shut the hell up man it's the wind what is going on over there yeah so at one point, didn't you get out of the tent and he was, the bull was in our camp? I, d- I did, yeah. 
I just you woke me up on that one. You woke well, me up I with I your flashlight. By my tent, and so I, yeah, it we, wasn't. We he both got back in our. He tents. didn't like walk in between then, our tents. That was when me and Garrett were just down there by our damn self, and Caleb was already in his. Yeah, because I opened it up because I thought you were making some noise. I was like, Garrett, you doing something over there? Open up. He's standing right there, looking right at me, and me and him are like squared up. He's standing right by five. Like, but we again, were, not an aggressive bull, just no, curious. We were we we set our tent up probably yeah. 15, 20 feet away from the fire. Like I said, no, it wasn't a big fire. But I wasn't about he to was yell standing. and make freak him out. But I was still like, Garrett, get up, man! He's right <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> I looked down the tent, and he's standing like right where the fire was. And Garrett's and, like, "What?" He's, he's like, "No, he's looking right at me, bro." <laughs> And I didn't have my light. I didn't like spotlight him or anything, so I could only see like the silhouette. I was like, "Hey, he's right there." <laughs> you know, I never thought that maybe in the distance there was more. You know, I never thought about that because there's usually not just one. Well, usually it's a bull with a bunch of cows. Yeah, I mean, but, like, but you don't ever think that. You know, fortunately, he wasn't aggressive. But we were on. Bull. He was fairly. You were probably on somebody's farmland. Well, uh, so that's. Buffalo National River, so that's a national park. And what they do is they let farmers run livestock on the <clears throat> national park land right. because before the national park owned it, that's what it was. It was farms. So they don't say anything. So it's shouldn't I mean, shouldn't be surprised to run into, you know, a horse or a bull or I didn't get that a cow. <laughs> Did you get what? I did not well, get that pamphlet before we left. Well, we, you know, that lady in Gilbert was telling us because we was telling her the bull story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guarantee if you would have got out and walked a little bit, you probably would have seen... found the heifers. Yeah, yeah, probably. Probably so. And I, you know, I didn't really think about that until well, just made now. Because <laughs> after oh, looking at the map, there is a barn. There's probably a lot of We woke up that morning and we oh, asked yeah. everybody, we woke up that morning and we asked everybody, like, how. How was your sleep? How you doing? And like, well, we talked to Madeline, John, and McKinley, and they're like, "Nah, dude, he was up here the entire night. He, <laughs> he, he was on that he upper level. He stayed on the upper time. level and just roamed around. And they're like, we didn't sleep worth a crap. He was here with us the entire night. I mean, he watched us pack up the next morning. Yeah, he, he's still, so he was still there when you woke up. Yeah, he was like, so where these where I was to these guys, I was probably you know. 20, 30 yards away from him in the trees. And he was over the bank, maybe 30 yards from where I was at. And no, he we, watched we us all morning. morning long. We watched him that morning walk right past your head. Yeah, because I watched him I walk by. Because I thought, man, if he trips on one of them stakes and he gets spooked, of course, the worst that could happen is just tear the, yeah. the tarp down. But you got that tangled in it. Yeah. But he, he just walked right oh, on down, and he didn't he didn't bother anybody, really, other than just I spooking mean, us. Thanks for listening, and as B-Watt would say, stay tuned for more Jaw Jacket in Part 2. See you then. True Wonder sells hiking and outdoor lifestyle products. The True Wonder brand is all about supporting outdoorsmen and women just like us by giving 25% of the revenue to charities all over the globe. People of such charities focus on protecting the environment and making awareness about it. The Little Pigeon Pirates are a brand ambassador for True Wonder. 
and we're happy to let you know you can receive a 15% discount by using LPP15 at checkout. A link to Tree Wonder is provided in our bio. Again, that is discount code LPP15.